0: Lauren Bonn and the Metabolic Studio offers the Explorers Club to share meaningful journeys, encounters, and projects in an intimate setting at the Metabolic Studio. Session 20, July 28, 2016, features Zita Yu and Mark Hanna from Geosyntech Consultants discussing the LA River wetland experiment.
1: Let's tune in, connect, and
0: listen.
1: Uh, my name is Mark Hanna. I'm a, an engineer. I've been working with Lauren for the past five years on a lot of water resources issues, uh, mainly focused around the water wheel. But what that has done is allowed us to explore uh, other possibilities, water reuse out of the LA River, which uh, I think is a very exciting uh, prospect. Uh, and... Working with Lauren and, and her creativity and her desire to always explore a little bit further uh, brought us to uh, this question of: We are pulling water out of the Los Angeles River for uh, uses in uh, in the region in, in this part of the city. Um, what are the alternatives that we have to treat this water to bring <coughs> to uh, a, a quality that is, is usable? And uh, with uh, you know her and. and Lauren and, and Lauren's team in the Metalock Studio, Jaime, uh, Lou, uh, we started to explore these natural treatment systems, and uh, what came out of it was this this question of well, how can we test this? How can we see if there is a natural way of, of treating water that we pull from the LA River uh, to meet those uh, irrigation needs around or other needs? So. Uh, as, as we dug a little deeper, we said, well, if we're going to do this, let's, let's do it. So it's scientifically sound and repeatable, and let's have a control and a, and a study. Um, and from that came uh, the pilot wetland study. So uh, again, envisioned uh, by Lauren uh, in the Metabolic Studio, working with the Metabolic Studio staff and being supported by uh, myself and the folks that I work with. Uh, Dr. Zita Yu, who's standing here in the middle, and Kevin Caw, um, who helped lead the sampling program. And, and Zita's doing the analysis and Jaime you know, the engineering and set setup for this. Um, I'm gonna hand it over and I think Zita will take uh, the start as part of this presentation. Um, and I think it's gonna be kind of a, a tag team, so we're gonna share. So Kevin, uh, just interrupt yes, I'd also like to give a shout-out
2: growers that have been maintaining. Yes. So, uh, Lend, um because it's not just a system that gets set up, it's a system that requires a huge amount of weeding and maintenance, so I'd like to give a shout-out to especially the Secretary Meredith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'd like to also give a shout-out to our intern, Kate Burdick, who uh, worked on this project when we started last summer, and has joined us again this summer to help further develop the project. We've tried to get youth involved with this since we believe this is an A wave of the future here in the arid lands. And finally, I'd like to give a shout out to all the living things that we share this environment with, because what we've discovered is that in this kind of arid landscape, having that much water running through plants is a haven for um, red-tailed hawks, um, all kinds of insects, For for animals laying eggs, for coyotes having pups, so even that much water in this environment is a massive thing. So before we begin our study, I'd like to also give a shout out that we're sharing all of this, whether we like it or not, with a complex um, series of things for whom water is life. Very
1: very true. Birds can you see in there? Mm-hmm. and the boats flying around and, and the moisture you walk through the wetland you can actually feel them breathing the moisture out through the transpiration and of course that's a the limit. you guys help you do all the planning and the thank you thank you again you're headed over to the okay thank you for all of you coming
3: and uh, thank you More-
4: summarizes the, the vision of this project, how it, got, uh, how it all started, and such. So, um, so in this presentation, we wanted to kind of uh, go through the rationale why we chose trimun weapons uh, systems, and then we uh, before we dive into the details on the pilot studies itself, and then share with you guys uh, what we've done for ping and and then, and then share with you all the, the, uh, the analysis and the results. So treatment one has been around uh, uh, for, for about over a century, and it occurs naturally, but engineers started to re- re- uh, utilize these treatment processes to treat uh, water to remove contaminants. And uh, as you can see it's, here is you know, you you can remove a uh, contaminant and all of that, and the end benefit is adding the uh, providing habitats to uh, to the environment. And so there are two couple of different main types of wetlands uh, that are commonly used by engineers. Uh, one type is called horizontal flow wetland, where water actually flows horizontally uh, through the uh, uh, through the soil. So it. One type is uh, with water floating actually above the soil surface. And then another type is uh, with water actually flowing below the soil surface. And uh, these types of wetlands, uh, they have different characteristics and treatment capabilities. And uh, so for uh, the top ones, typically you want, uh, they they require much larger uh, area. And uh, for the uh, the one that is uh, the subsurface flow wetland, it does not require as much area compared to the uh, surface flow wetlands. And then uh, another type is called Vertical Flow Wetlands. And uh, so uh, the reason why it's called Vertical Flow is because water flows vertically mm-hmm. through the wetland bay. And uh, you, have, you can have it single pass type or you can have it in a recirculation uh, system. So single-pass type is you dose the water, and then water just goes through the bed, and then trips it, and then your water collected from the bottom. And then the recirculating ones are a uh, batch type. So you put in water, and then you use a little pump, and then just recirculate it until it meets the water quality that you want, and then that is done, and then you put it out. So um, in this water trim, all of these uh, water trim processes, one thing they have in common Processes. and they are very important in uh, the, the cycling of material, essentially transformation of one contaminant to another, so from toxic to non-toxic type of contaminant. So, um, and this is, uh, there are many, many different cycles that's actually happening, material cycle that's actually happening in wetlands. And one of uh, a couple of the, the uh, cycles that I wanted to share here is, uh, for example, the phosphate where you have phosphate in, in water and it gets picked up by plants and then once the for plant growth and such, once the plant dies and then you release it back to the environment uh, become a nutrient again and uh, nitrogen cycle is one one of the uh, material cycles that's very interesting because um, you, oh, no, that's... yeah so uh, it's very interesting because it it talks about it, it is about uh, nitrogen itself. Um, Changes from species, to different species. So from the soil form like ammonia, nitrites, nitrates, to back to nitrogen gas. And then nitrogen gas, you have a, a microbial organism, can, little bugs can take it up again and make, convert it back into organic uh, uh, nitrogen. So it is a very interesting cycle and. Uh, so uh, there are treatment processes in water treatment system. Typically, you see is that um, the uh, one one process occurs when the wetland has oxygen in it. So when there's oxygen in it, one uh, some of the m- uh, nitrogen species will change from, for example, from, from ammonia to nitrate. And then when the condition is right, when there's no oxygen then the bugs wanted to eat something else. They still wanted to grow. So then they start to eat uh, nitrate and convert that into uh, nitrogen gas. And uh, so this graph here, what you can see is, so as scientists, we measure, we collect samples, and we measure this type of phenomena to find evidence that, oh, this is actually happening. So this graph, what it shows is that, so the vertical axis shows the amount of nitrogen in water, horizontal axis shows how much time it's been, what is being treated. So at the very beginning, we have, in the treatment system, we have no nitrate, only ammonia. And as time goes by, you see the ammonia disappearing, and then the orange curve keeps going up, that is your nitrate. And what happened is that nitri- nitrification took place, and then we change the condition a little bit, and there's some what you see is ammonia disappearing and we don't see nitrate. So what happens is that the nitrate gets converted to become uh, nitrogen gas and back into the chemistry. So it's a very interesting uh, uh, thing that uh, we, we find it very interesting. It's like taking samples, measuring these, and then to come up with, uh, kind of explain what the process is. Then, then
1: so well, real quick, what this is showing as you move across time is the conservation of mass. So you- amount of material that's converting from one form to another. So as you move to the right, the ammonia is reducing, but our nitrogen is increasing. So at the end of the day, you still have the same amount uh, of yeah. material that just has been converted from one form to another. So you can
3: design these around,
1: usually water place, such as the Los Angeles River, has many nutrients, nutrient-compared. And so, by taking it and through a treatment system like this, you're actually removing the nitrogen, nutrients, phosphate, um, and other materials. as Well, we will go into some bacteria, that be a few examples of well. And you're taking it out of the water column. You can bring it into a plant, and then eventually releasing it to the atmosphere for to start the nitrogen cycle. What are the and the bacteria that the You mean the. Oh,
5: okay. In so explain the, the calculations
4: here. The but that's if you don't mind. But explain the yeah. What is This one? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's uh. So we. So it essentially is just like when you're cooking. You want a recipe. Uh, so certain facts like like a certain type kind of food in order to produce certain type of product, like making making stuff. So these are the basic ingredients. So, what we need to happen is we have a certain specific bug that likes to eat ammonia, but during that process it needs to have oxygen first. Otherwise, ammonia stays there and they can't eat it. So, it needs oxygen and then once it, it has both, and it will transform the uh, uh, and it will transform the nitrogen into nitrite and then also uh, water into water and then also uh, a little bit of acid. So the nitrogen Yes, yes, Uh, yes. they are readily, they are very abundant, abundant. They find great abundance in our natural water uh, system, as long as you have oxygen in it. They love oxygen. Mm -hmm. So, in this process, this will be the slowest process, but once that happens, another set of bacteria will start the reaction almost immediately and convert it. So, Mm -hmm. what is interesting also is in the natural water system, Typically, you find very, very little of this type. So once you remove that, you find very little of this. You find a lot of this. So unless denitrification takes place, so denitrification, they don't have specific uh, bacteria. There's a group of very wide group of bacteria actually does this. I've already kind of uh, explained a little bit about uh, the uh, the goal of this project. So the primary goal of this this project is to evaluate the feasibility of, uh, of you know, this type of weather treatment system uh, can be used for treating uh, LA river water for non-potable water uses. And uh, so maybe I'll let Jaime to explain uh, the the site set up because we spent. Mind the gap.
1: <laughs> so we decided to run our system um, out of the ground and we made a, a series of choices at one point we did consider doing it in the ground, we considered doing it in various places on the site of the moon. At some point it was going to be a spiral weapon and it was going to be on a loading dock and we settled on site on top of a um, garage structure that was open to light and um, visible from the bridge so that it could become sort of a a speaking piece. And um, and we we go back to show the image for a moment. So these containers are fiberglass containers with steel um, reinforcement that we had built for this project. And there is nine in each row, and there's three rows. Um, side by side, so there's 27 of these bins. And, um, and as you see, they were they had different media in it, that's the, the different colors. So blue being gravel, um, brown being the coconut core, and green being the clay pellets. Now the ones at the very end, A9 and C9, had um, uh, a kind of a coarse sand, um, which was kind of the, like the end filtration. And then the B9 of the coconut core, was a, was a, a finer um, coconut core. Now, we had to bring this water from the LA River, so we had to contract um, with a water truck to so go we'll pick it up. And this was, a, once we started the experiment uh, in earnest, it was about a once a week delivery of four to 8,000 gallons of water. Now, basically, we had to bring two loads or one load, depending the water to get uh, delivered to a tank that was in the garage underneath here, it's a series of pumps to bring it up, and then it would gravity flow into the system. And at some point, we realized we also needed to know pretty precisely what the uh, flow rate was into each one so we installed digital flow meters um, which could be read and which um, we were taking data recordings from. Um, at the end of the system, all three um, uh, the water from all three systems was recombined and brought into a tank, which pumped it into again a larger tank. In, in that tank, we had a um, irrigation pump that was powerful enough to send the water over our entire site. And we buried an irrigation system on the entire two or three acres of our site, so we could tap into this filtered water all of
0: was during one of those purging time periods which we opened up the valve to like a sudden flow out and then uh, we accidentally left it on for about four hours and mm-hmm. so as soon as we noticed that it turned back down it should be minimal in effect <laughs> but that didn't happen and uh, so far the system is actually working very well and the flow rate goes into our next section which is still currently ongoing but we have some minimal results and this is our tracer it can be anything from a dye, like this rhodamine dye we're using here, to salts, to ions, radioactive isotopes, and so on. We went ahead and chose to use rhodamine dye because it is a typical dye used in natural systems. And people need the weapons to be natural while they are constructed. And rhodamine dye is also not supposed to decay very quickly when it's put into the water. And it's also meant to be uh, non-reactive. So therefore, it can be used without necessarily harming your environment, So the typical procedure would be that we put a amount of, measure amount of rotamine dye, and put it into the influence side of one of our tanks. We have a meter at the end that's measuring the concentration of dye coming through. So at the very beginning, we can refer to this graph, which this graph on the y-axis has rotamine dye micrograms per meter, and uh, it's measuring over time. This is the period from July 11 to July 15th. So at the very beginning, uh, when we put in our dye, this is what we expect to see. Effectively no dye. Right? This dye is a different system. And then you see a very nice quick ramp up after some time's passed and the dye starts going through. This is what you want to see in a natural system. You want to see effectively you that know, your dye is only in the, the majority of it. Uh, But, we also want to use the entire curve here to figure out how our flow is established within each tank. And we can then use the cumulative data passed there to determine the hydraulic retention time for each tank. And so this coupled with our flow rate data and our meter data and our lab data allows us to characterize how effective
1: for the Water Quality Analysis and Results. Yay. Yay.
4: Awesome. <laughs> All right, so this is the most exciting part, you can see, you can see. All right, so uh, let's take a look at uh, what we are actually measuring first. So we're measuring three main types of uh, parameters. One is the bacteria of, um, we call them eco indicator bacteria. Then uh, a couple other types, chem- chemical parameters and physical parameters. Chemical parameters measure organics, the amount of salt, uh, total dissolved solids, the amount of soap in water, and then any heavy metals in it, and then uh, nutrients, oxygen, the, uh, the amount of oxygen in, in the system and pH. The physical parameter include uh, total suspended solids, turbidity, uh, and temperature, and dissolved oxygen. And this image uh, shows you what these uh, indicated the bacteria that we are actually measuring in the lab looks like. So the coliform and people coliform. Photocoliform is a very big family of coliform bacteria. They are rod-shaped. And, so, and people coliform is also rod-shaped. And, um, and in the middle Part is uh, what we call the enterococcus. Is uh, another type of uh, bacteria, but they're more on, uh, like rounder shape bacteria. So um, the bacteria typically is about one micron. So your hair is about hundred micron uh, thick. So one micron is really really small. So uh, the thing these the middle one is definitely uh, uh, a a uh, well, SEM is a scanning electron microscope. Uh, that's how they. Do.
1: This is the slide to scare you.
4: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's spooky but, right. They look beautiful.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> so, um, so here's the results for uh, bacteria. And uh, so the vertical axis shows you the, uh, the number of counts of bacteria we see in water. So I uh, wanted to note that it is the, the axis is not a typical axis. We call it a log axis. So that is one, 10, 100, And And then the horizontal axis shows you the flow path of the water from the river, take it out from the truck, and then to the storage tank. And then this is just before it enters the wetland treatment system. And then we take it from different locations uh, from uh, the wetland system. And uh, what you see here is that uh, the purple line shows you the uh, average requirement that uh, that uh, needs to meet for the uh, 2016 uh, Los Angeles County Public Health guideline. Uh, and different colors. So gravel uh, is it, shown in uh, orange here. And then coconut is the gray color. And then the clay palette is the, the blue color bars here. What you see here is that uh, it, the treatment processes Provide a reduction in, in bacteria, and uh, it, it uh, achieved almost um, in some certain, uh, circumstance it actually uh, reduced ninety nine percent of the bacteria uh, from the uh, from from the water. And uh, but it, on average, it still does not meet uh, the uh, the what is it, the regulatory requirement. But that can easily be uh, resolved. When you can just disinfect it. Can I,
1: can I chime in real quick? Just, yeah. I just want to point something out that you know, this, is, this is raw Los Angeles River water and we're talking about an average of about maybe two 300 MPN per 100 milliliter this bar is showing that it's a range. so every time you take it, sometimes uh, there's more sometimes there's less, right? so that gives you the average, so here's your, your distribution, once in a while a sample would spike above 10,000 and MPN is most probable number. It's a count of the bugs in that volume of water. So what you can see here is just by taking it and storing the tank, you know, the measurements are, are dropping. If heat, if it could be heat, it could, you know, whatever reason, you know, the information. But once you get into the into the wetland system itself, and this is the gravel, you can see a trend of going from tank number one to tank number two tank number three and that's the trend you want to see and that's kind of the trend of what Zeta was showing before of that the ammonium as it decays in time being converted you can also see in the coconut instantly it dropped down but we're starting to get these spikes and these are some spikes that I was trying to understand and figure out and still there's some questions about why are we not getting consistency in in some of the other materials you can see also the clay pellets came down dropped up and then you get that decay over here so again there's a, there's a there's some inconsistencies with the data the um, that we're trying to explain. Up,
2: the gravel mm-hmm. popped up with the bacteria at the end. Yes, and so... So you, is, is it also set? a question of where, what, like, if you pulled the water out of the tank, the gravel tank, at three, then you would be yes. better off? So it gives you... also yes. Perhaps. Yeah. But it looks like that from the test. Or is that yeah, not, it, it, right? There was
1: another... And again, we're taking a couple more samples to to get these to try to get these curves to be more clear. But there was some explanations of why we're getting some spikes at the far end.
4: Uh, the, the spike uh, in terms of bacteria, it yeah. could be... The vegetation actually could also play a role in these uh, spikes because here at the end, are very sparse vegetation. So uh, the, in terms of preventing, for example, birds, uh, looking into it and all yeah. that... Point out about uh, coliform bacteria is that it doesn't. It is an environmental indicator. Coliform can be generated from plants when plants decay and can be degraded by coliform. It can be from anything, so it is an environmental indicator. It Doesn't mean that a bird poops in it. So, fecal is another bacterium that is used to uh, measure. Tell you whether that source of water has been contaminated by animals. So this one is an environmental indicator. So because it's through a certain processes,
2: so it could be uh, it could be done something else. So and and again, am I right in, in assuming that the numbers one through nine represent not only the tubs but the number of days yes. it took to get across there? So mm-hmm. so that's an interesting question. At that size container, at that size of amount of planting, you could analyze how long you'd want water to stay in the system before it's vulnerable against contamination. Yeah. Or, or, or it's usable. Right. So about, in, in this in this, it looks like between two and five days are better than a week. Yes. yes. To move through the system. And then
4: here uh, we're going back to the nutrients. This is the the nutrient results that we saw. What you see here is uh, the red line represents the the regulatory limits. And uh, the elder river has about 5 milligrams per liter of uh, nitrogen in it. And after the treatment process, after like two wet months there, it uh, it dropped to below. Uh, so, that's
1: independent of the material. So, either clay, gravel, or the coconut core. Yeah. by day two, the, the nitrogen levels had dropped uh, to below detection so yeah. again is a good thing in bringing water So, this is the spread of the sample that we get, so the fluctuation
4: of the sample water quality. And what you see here is we almost no fluctuation, so
3: it's very
1: consistent in terms of which is exciting. I mean, that you can get such a standard, uh, repeatable, uh, expected curve, uh, independent of which material you're using, but using a natural system
4: and then uh, the, the dotted line uh, shows the 30-day maximum allowable. So uh, here you see is the LA River water is, is quite perfect. So it exceeds the reduced guideline threshold. But if you look at the other uh, of the wet entry processes, uh, most of them, all of them actually needs the, uh,
2: clarity yes that's right exactly. but like if you had a glass and you were looking through it it's the clarity of the water it measures its clarity so what Zita was saying is that one of the standards that the city requires before you can spray irrigate is a turbidity test and it fluctuates year by year it's not it's not in a fixed forever form it's getting every year more Easy to recycle water as in new forest growth. They change quality. The turbidity is one of those measurements. Yes. And all of the natural treatments work on that level. City So it seems like the coconut score
1: decreased and then increased.
2: Yes, yes,
1: yes. Is
5: that due to the, the plant
1: dye,
4: the coconut core releasing? Uh, color? It, uh, it could.
1: or reaching out of the coconut yeah. material that okay. you don't get out of gravel.
4: Yeah, and also the particle size itself, when we started it, it's much larger smaller. by uh, microorganisms. And, uh, microorganism. and um, so what you see here is that with clay or gravel, you after two tanks, all of the organics, degradable organics can be removed. And uh, with
1: the exception of coconut, coconut just keeps going, going up. Again, it's, it's producing something in the degradation process yeah. that's actually adding material, VOD, to yeah, the water right. column. But that, again, another... That's a standard that needs to be met. The LA River water already needs it, yeah. but we can actually improve on. It, so,
4: and uh, so in, in, in summary, uh, what we have discovered is that uh, we have the treatment processes have kind of met the non bacterial water quality standards uh, using. And also, uh, this treatment system is capable of providing ninety-nine percent uh, reduction of uh, people indicator bacteria. And uh, as, as Lauren pointed out, is that uh, we don't need many, many bins. We only need a few, maybe two to three days uh, of hydraulic detention time, which translates to about two to three bins would be uh, sufficient. And uh, media, in terms of media, uh, they all have their strengths and weaknesses, but um, if in the future it could be uh, a, a mix of them which is uh, also like the case in the natural system that has a mix of soil and it. So it could be a mix of materials. And, uh,
2: get a water right you know with what is 100 acre feet of water if you have the poetics of the project in mind how do you avoid over treating water as a product in, in favor of reconnecting water to land and what kind of agency does that have these were the kinds of questions that I couldn't really answer without your help and you know since we're on this journey together I'm very Glad we shared this experience because now we can talk about moving this to scale um, with some basis and understanding. Because again, per day we're going to have a lot of water to run through a system. So any design of some requires some kind of modeling, and it's not modeling water is not like modeling form. It's a different, different altogether. So thank you so much for your patience and you know. Doing something right, guys, is not easy. <laughs> I mean, to get to get real analytical data uh, requires a refinement of thinking that we um, benefited from having Zita and Mark and um, I'm sorry, is, is really Kevin? Kevin spent a lot of time out <laughs> there um, to help us analyze that data and open up the conversation, and hopefully also share with those of you. Who are really curious about applying some of this to your own space? You don't need to have a water wheel um, in order to clean your water. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't take as long as we thought, and it doesn't take rocket science. Right. You can do it with natives that would normally grow here, and you can take care of most of what needs to be taken care of to do irrigation. We're we we were not talking about drinking water here. That's a whole other layer of standards. Does anybody else have any questions of the experts? Yeah, we do. What? I think that's a really important question because also it becomes part of the food chain for other games as well. Birds of prey and all the rest of it. Um, Millie and Meredith, are we testing the plants? Yeah. I haven't tested any, so she hasn't tested anything in the but that is something so we definitely should But I think that would be that would be something. Thank you for your. Uh, uh, that's why we have, have these public conversations because that's a really good idea. What we are testing is to see what happens with those circles that we've uncovered. That this when this water goes to them, what grows? We're testing that to see what you can get if you want to transform the industrial corridor or any land by adding nothing but clean water to soil and light. You no know, seeds. No extra seeds, right. and uh, so so we are testing that we have um, some interesting results.
3: We've decided to remove all of the native
2: species here, and pretty much just
3: focus on the native species that have outside of. And so we're not
4: ending using them; we're just allowing them to take off the information And hopefully soon,
5: with Ava's um, presence here, our volunteers will see more of it, and hopefully
2: have it. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really nice to know that you guys are interested in this. You know, I mean, because we want to share what we learn so that it can be applied. And also, if we do apply it, to have you have come
6: back and share what you learned. Yeah. And uh, at 4.30, when we give the tour to the moon, Billy and I will show you those systems that we've tested and where we have tested the soil and what, what we're doing with the soil and the clay extraction. So all of those uh, processes
2: this one will be part of the point we had a couple more questions
3: I we're going to try
1: and publish this in a science yeah. journal yeah, right? that would, oh, yeah, that's definitely uh, uh, one of the main driving factors is, is this is exciting cutting edge research yeah. using real Los exactly. Angeles yeah. river water mm-hmm. there's a lot that's going on right now a lot of interest in this and so to get a publication of this where it can be uh, you know, to a, a widespread audience, um, yeah. we are still in the data collection, data analysis phase. But uh, to present in a in a friendly crowd like this to get the te- you know, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it when helps. you go to an academic conference,
2: they'll think <laughs> it apart, right? <laughs> well, eventually,
1: we'll have it yeah. tightened up where we can. But yeah. we've got to start, uh, you know, getting the get, gathering the results together and, and understanding kind of reactions to it. So.
2: It's now? Well, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, basically, since we're going into, our, our timeline for the water wheel is such that we can't do, we can't just move toward resolving the experiment. We now have to come up with a treatment plan for a hundred acre feet of water, which we feel will be ready to go two years from now. So we have a lot, we have some major growth to do. <laughs> that but I think this is a really good step in the right direction and most likely any system that we would design would uh, also take into consideration the amount of duration that it takes for the water to leave the system before it goes into this treatment system and ultimately it's going to need to go through the system which cleans the stuff out that the natural system doesn't before we can give it to the parks So, you know, there's a lot of, it's like a five chambered stomach, it's it's turning into a five Mm chambered stomach because I don't just, I don't want to just zap everything with chlorine, you know, and, um, and, you know, I want to go through a process and see what happens, but in order to keep the wheel running, we have to deliver water every day and there's very strict codes about where you can spread that water since it's public land. And since we're really just at the crest of the wave where recycled water for spray and irrigation is allowable. And it will become increasingly allowable over the next few years as, as the reality of you know global warming and drought hits public space. Um, any more questions? Yeah. Um, so which end is the water coming into on uh, that picture?
1: So it flows by by gravity. Um, So as you can see, the tanks are descending. So the highest point, which is furthest away from us in this picture, is where the water comes in. And that tank that we see furthest away from us on the right, uh, right top corner, is where the the raw LA River water sits. It flows through the wetland, goes into this very small tank at the end. That's where all the, the three systems kind of recombine and collect. And then it gets kicked over to which larger tank says, thank you
3: from it <laughs> goes across the sort of It's so. interesting seeing the growth pattern, you know, where it's most rigorous uh-huh. it yeah. and how
5: many times it dies
2: off. And with those brown.
1: And this, you know, is one explanation. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is there any study that basically can use as a vegetation? No. We we observed it. We had GoPros on this the whole time. So we have, is that, is that true? Ryan, do mm-hmm. <laughs> It was recorded, yeah, not always
1: with GoPros, but yes.
2: So we have a recording of, of everything so that we can look at those elements within the studio. It wasn't part of our water engineers project, but it was part of ours. And um, we observed all kinds of things. Sarah McCabe over there has rescued all kinds of wildlife from that time. Um <laughs> Uh, including you know mother ducks who were looking to lay their eggs there and baby coyotes and red-tailed hawks, and you know uh, it it it's been quite incredible how much um life got attracted to those bins. also we pull out all kinds of things from the la river water we do know about like shrimp lots and lots of baby shrimp wow. snails yeah. <laughs> you did not eat one huh? snails but I how mean lots like we're fish gonna, eggs we're, it, it's introduced to mm-hmm. a whole of other like,
6: you know questions yeah.
2: yeah. it's, yeah. All, it's all grown it's in the wetland Jaime mean, Jaime
1: <laughs> mean, do you want to add to that at all this is the that we <laughs> um, yeah we didn't do a so a quantitative study of what kinds of things were found definitely as we worked there we saw a lot of particularly insect wildlife um coming to the vans um, yeah. but even
2: honey
3: it's so beautiful
2: know. too
1: the land will be processed through this wetland. And so we're actually now also starting to do water testing on the rainwater um, collected, and the collected rainwater in our tanks to see what the water quality of that is and how that differs from tank to tank, to, tank to get a sense of how well that will be planted by the water.
2: So what what we have right now is a, a study going on where the circles that have been removed are only irrigated without the grain by collected collected rainwater and our Hall of LA River water. So we're able to kind of analyze for like for real what a sustainable industrial corridor looks like in terms of no no seeds added, just clean up the site and add collected waters, scavenged for, cleaned up enough that it would meet code. I mean, a lot of this came from the Occupy movement. You know we started to think what would it take for people to actually form sustainable communities off the grid and the real missing link was water you know if you want to get rid of people shut off their water supply right so a lot of this is well what would it take you know how many roofs would you need to grow food for how many and what would it take to make it clean enough that you would be competing with the colonized water from the LADWP, because we're getting our water right now, hundred percent through colonization strategies. We colonize landscapes in order to make the city work, and we pay a fee to get that water. So any reinterpretation of city code for ourselves would require water independence. So that's you know that's why these things are so important to me um, is that there's very key things that would need to be accomplished if we were, were to revise how we live in the world around sustainable watersheds. And how would we organize politically around that? Because we can see already that an enormous labor is involved with this on the level of reading, not to have a new form of colonization, and that would be the colonization of invasives. It's fast and furious. So you know, thank you. Covering everything with asphalt and concrete avoids invasives. It's one strategy. The minute you undo that, you have a new problem, and nobody wants to do that work. So it's interesting. It brings up brings up a lot of issues, like real the real the real stuff.
6: Tons of Lawrence water right, we actually were able to pull water out of the LA River in the first place. We sent a truck down into the confluence weekly to do that, but there is permissions that, that were necessary for us to be able to do so. We as individual citizens can't just go down and grab a bunch of water and clean it. Um, what's interesting about that is that um, right now all of that water, once it hits the river, is getting flushed out to, to the ocean. And uh, any portion of it that can be used for irrigation is is uh, is something really worthwhile doing.
2: But what's no, also interesting about it is that we've seen from your study that just putting LA River water in a tank helps certain things. Yes. So if people wanted to come pick up LA River water and thereby share my right to it, we wouldn't have to send it through the whole system if they had a, If you have a treatment facility of three tanks at your place right So it, it means that we can you know put gas stations basically together <laughs> of green tanks that people could come and fill up as long as they're you know they're participating participating in the network by having at least three tanks to run it through. That, that, I think that's interesting to know about right because we don't have to give you the water that the state park has a standard for. If we know how to tell you what to do, right?
6: And that's exciting because right now, uh, Los Angeles do- is coming online with a recycled purple pipe, but that is all water that comes right from the treatment facilities and never hits the LA River. So, you know, what's interesting is what's doable directly from the
2: I don't know. Did Mark? Wait, are you... Th- there's there's, there's different questions you're asking. One is, what is the piece cost? What does it cost us to make it? And what does it cost us to hire consultants? Mm-hmm. Right? So, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not going to do the math right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but geosyntech mm-hmm. is expensive. Right? So, that's how the studio chooses to operate, is we want to get the the best experts we can, so that we can share the information for free, right? That's part of what we do here. Um, if you would like to know the exact cost of how to set this up, like in your own backyard, that's a different question. And I think we need to crunch the numbers and make that publicly available. So, but we're not there yet today. And I'm, I'm happy to share with you what the consultants fee are privately, once I know the figure, and not just give you some kind of random fall Thank you. I think so too. I think so too, and it puts the power in our hands, right? So that's really important, and it's not rocket science, right? But it does involve uh, cooperation and collaborative strategies, which is the way water management used to be before it was Mm colonized. So it really brings back um, a whole new subject for arid lands about what um, direction we want to go. And it puts us in, into the conversation because unless you have an alternative, why would the LADWP talk to you? Right. You know, you need to set up the alternative to bring people to the table. Right? That's Advice the radical the strategy that's going on here. Right, the purpose. Right? The water wheel is not the radical strategy. The water wheel is the tool. The radical strategy is the distribution network and what it brings to the table in terms of the possibility of shifting the paradigm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the city will then No, I don't think. I think we'll be, we'll, the city is acknowledging that this is existing, which means they're in dialogue with us. There is no, until this project, there has been no other distributor of water ever in the city. It's a massive thing for them that this is happening. They don't like it at all right? It opens the door for all kinds of shenanigans right um, But it's an idea this time has come and it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting what we can collectively manifest from that. in, in terms of the demonstration project,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know because who not, you know we have to see it happen. But these kinds of tests are hugely important in helping us frame what can happen because it means that there is some benefit from just putting water in a tank and letting people pick it up if we can set up a network of three tanks there. So that schoolyards could have some garden and that uh, maybe schools could have a tree or two instead of just air conditioning running all day long and eating up their art budget. You know, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of real things that this can do mm-hmm. if it doesn't have to be physically connected by one pipe if you could deliver it. Whole
1: application together and figure out what our strategy was to even apply at first yeah. we were saying would just like to divert off the LA River can we get a permit to do this I don't and, and, <laughs> so you, yeah, you know, so, well, at first we were permit. asking the city of Los Angeles is it okay if we just divert a little water off on our project and no. they're like well can you just do it and they're like well we need something written because we're not going to get out of this path right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that, that we have this moving forward and so they finally said why don't you just apply for this? go to the state water board and apply for it. And I bet when we walked out, they went, the Yeah, and they just
2: assumed before they get it. Two
1: months later, we came back and like, that was great, thank you very much. Like, Look at this. And, and it was really quick. But it's
2: never happened before. No. It's
1: never happened before. So
2: they were like, they're probably just like, hmm, what There's are you two doing? entities that have water
1: rights on the Los Angeles River. They rivers. thought
2: it was a deal breaker. You know, they thought, sure, go ahead and do it. Just to break the water, blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, well, we need some, you know, in order to build this water well, we have to have some idea that, because otherwise we build the water and then have to pay the city to distribute yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So we would have to pay them for the water. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. They said, well, just apply for a water rate, assuming that that wouldn't happen. I was like, okay, because being stupid about all of this, I just thought it was one more permit we needed. We already right, had right. Three thousand permits, yeah, guys. And we have a permit wrangler, you know, somebody whose job it is to like rope in permits. And he said, okay, well, we'll do this one too. And it was, we had a few permits which were fatal flaws of the project that we would not pursue the project with that. And that was one of them. And we got that water right, and it's been a really big bone contention since then. And it actually, the closer we get to breaking ground, the more freaked out they got. <laughs> Especially
1: middlemen.
2: Exactly. Because yeah, it true. offers us an opportunity to do yeah, a real right. demonstration. That's that's the radical edge of this project yeah. that needs development. Maya. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry.
5: Um, I think another, I just not really question, more of a comment, but another thing that is really revolutionizing in a sense is the concept of
2: Mark can help you with this. I have a technically, okay. I have a water right, aka responsibility, to a, a maximum of hundred and six acre feet per year to be used for the public benefit. So 326,000
1: gallons a year.
5: So,
2: gonna, how many, He's going to have to visualize this for you. Yeah, because um, I struggle with it. Yeah. a lot more than three.
1: For million gallons per a year, year. the water responsibility is a transient. It's not a property. Right. It's not a real estate. You don't own and put a fence around it. It's something that moves through. Right. But that's how much. So again, one
2: of the one of the move. things you'll see on the moon, Randy, is that the the wetland is processing one acre foot, right?
6: So pilot part, the
2: pilot for, for study, year. For year. one acre foot for the per setup. the summer. So So I was able to see what one acre foot on two acres would do. So if you wanted to use it sparsely, technically, we could do that 100 times on my water right. So not that we would, but it helps me to visualize, to have limited the amount of water we're pulling to 100. I'm sorry, one. One acre foot so that I could understand 100 as some sort of multiple of that project. Who sent that amount? I don't know. I think, uh, such I think it's demand. capacity. It's it a so capacity, capacity need. needed. It's need of the state park. We're going to be supplying a hundred percent of the state park's okay. water, so which was a base and
1: and Albion country. Riverside Park over there, yeah. I mean and Downey Recreation, Downey Recreation. Center. So they so took, so the, took the, the amount that they, they wanted. Demand. Those three properties and said, "That's how much we want." Right. So let's see if we get it.
2: So yeah. they they took they took something that will save the city that amount of money forever right which is basically the cost of irrigating three public parks right and gave me a right to give it to them
6: and we've designed a For wheel free. to accommodate that to pull the right amount of water out of the river okay. per day to reach that one year mark okay.
1: just to give you guys a, <laughs> a, a, a comparison of the amount of water so we're allowed to pull 34 and a half million gallons per year out of the river but there is in the dry weather flow currently which is about feet per second right yeah that's 64 million gallons per day so we're, taking, we're taking less for a little over half of a day's worth of dry weather flow over the period of the year.
2: yeah so that's mind-boggling so when you understand how little water we're taking and how much we can do that's why i'm saying this is such a great paradigm set because we have plenty of water Unpainting the LA River and making it pretty is optional, right? We have enough water just in redirecting it through small little poles to do a huge amount of that and not pollute the ocean at the same time. Uh-huh. It's win-win all the way around, you know? I would say that understanding like, conceptually where that small
5: amount of water gets into a large Los Angeles River like, amount is really a viable department every single day undermine the Los Angeles River as we just, just Pickle nothing. That yeah. has. we don't have what it has to dry water source, which is really, really dangerous for a city that's facing this amount of drought problems because it's not even understanding the fact that we could easily use this water for so many things. Yeah.
6: When we walk over the bridge in the tour, we'll see how much water is really in the river right now. And over 80% of it is coming from the treatment facilities upstream. So, you know, it, it, it's amazing to see how much water is in the river right now with no rain at all. And we can talk about where that water comes from and how it gets there. But
2: So, what time is it? Uh, 3
1: o'clock.
2: Three, oh, dear. Okay. So, maybe we'll uh, probably do meet at 4.30 for anybody who wants to go on the tour over by the map over there. It'll be a little bit cooler then. We have umbrellas. <laughs> you safe from the
0: sun and thank you very much thank you we hope you enjoyed the latest Explorers Club session for more information please visit metabolicstudio.org
3: and thank you